Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Another episode of the Gershberg Podcast. I am here today with Priya Milani. She is the co-founder of Stash Wealth. Um, it's a financial planning firm for Henry's, and I won't do a, a typical intro because um, what she's doing is pretty amazing, and I want her to introduce it and give you the concept herself. So, Priya, thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, thanks for having me. So, tell me what Stash Wealth is, please. Uh, Stash Wealth is a financial planning firm uh, based in Brooklyn, and we work with clients all over the country. We call our clients Henry's, high earners, not rich yet. So basically, twenty somethings and thirty somethings who want to get their financial shit together. Understood. And how did you get the idea of Stash Wealth? How was that born? Uh, I started on Wall Street almost a decade ago, and did had the typical you know worked on worked at Merrill Lynch, a big broker dealer, and and kind of saw what they do well and saw what they do pretty crappy and realized pretty quickly that they were never going to be able to successfully reach our generation, nor are they really interested in it, uh, because we um, we don't have wealth yet, but we have the potential for wealth, and that's where you know I saw the opportunity to come in and, and provide this great, awesome um, information and a lot of education for our demographic, because the sooner you start, the richer you'll be. So can you talk to me a little bit about the difference? This is what, and, and when you introduced this concept to me, I, I actually, I loved it. Um, and I know a lot of people that are, that are sort of going this way in terms of looking to alternatives to Merrill, to a lot of these uh, Goldman Sachs, to a lot of these shops. Um, can you talk a little bit about the difference between what you guys do and what they do? What a client gets with you versus what a client would get with, a, with sort of a, a larger shop? Yeah. I mean, first of all, our generation doesn't really trust Wall Street. Right. And so, I mean, that's in and of itself a, a big reason why um, I think we've had the success that we've had is that they're looking, they're definitely looking for an alternative. Um, and there's, there's so, there's such a lack of transparency on Wall Street. Um, so what makes us different? It, it's pretty easy. We just saw everything that we don't like about Wall Street and did differently. Um, everything from our fees to, you know, one of the biggest, I guess, differentiators that, that I talk about a lot with our clients is that Wall Street loves to tell you what to invest in before knowing what you're investing for. And investing for the sake of investing is gambling, quite frankly, and not a good way to build wealth. Um, so we've created a process that we make our clients go through. They don't have a choice. They have to do, when they work with us, um, if they want to work with us, they, they have to go through this planning process. And that's so we can figure out what kind of life do they want for themselves? What are they trying to achieve? Is it planning for a family? Is it uh, trying to buy a house? Is it trying to buy, oh my God, the biggest thing everyone puts in their staff plan? A Tesla. Everyone wants a Tesla. Is that right? Yeah. So we're planning for that. We're obviously retirement, which is the most boring thing to talk about. But figure out what you want first and then back into using the investments as a solution to put you on track for those goals rather than just thinking like, oh, I have $5,000 sitting around. I guess I should buy Facebook, which that's not really investing. Right. And when you ask them to do these things, are you surprised sometimes about – it's something that, that I've sort of thought about. Are you surprised sometimes about the fact that clients maybe change their minds about what they wanted in life or what they want in life? Or do you see a pretty consistent kind of thing? No, we always ask that question. The, the planning process that we go through is so specific. Um, there's like a, a very detailed um, process that you go through. And I think one thing that I, I notice a lot with our clients is that when I explain what the staff plan is and the fact that they have to do this in order to work with us, they're like, yeah, but I don't really know what I want. Um, and 
then when they go through the process, we've created it in such a way that it, it, it forces them to think about things that they're like, oh my God, I'm glad I'm thinking about this. Like maybe I do want to, you know, upgrade my car every three years. And maybe I do want to look at what it would mean to put my kids in private school versus public school or, you know, I mean, all those kinds of things. Um, some clients get to plan for things like Botox and plastic surgery and just all these things that they didn't think they'd want to plan for. But then when you start thinking through it, you're like, oh yeah, I do kind of have things that I want. We all do. Talk to me about who your typical client is. Because I'm, I'm super interested in this. You mentioned Henry's, and I, I want you to sort of go through that, and, and maybe their age. Are they married? What are they? Who are they? Yeah. I mean, I always say, like, we don't really take clients on in their 40s because we don't like delivering bad news. Okay. <laughs> but I mean, the idea is that when you're in your 20s and 30s, our generation isn't a generation that likes to compromise. So that's an identifier of our Henry's. They don't want to compromise their life today, their lifestyle. They want to go to their double soul on Saturday. Um, <laughs> right. I just did. I was telling you I did one yesterday. It was the um, baby too. <laughs> and um, and they they want to make sure that they can have a comfy, cozy retirement, and maybe take a sabbatical in life in some point, and all these things. Um, so Henrys have high aspirations. They're high earning. Uh, we we don't really qualify Henrys based on income per se because um, everyone's situation. We actually pre-qualify every client that we, we don't really let you do the staff plan until we pre-qualify you for the staff plan. Um, so we look at things like okay, obviously you know income is is part of it. It's not the whole part. Um, but usually in New York and LA, where our biggest markets are, um, it's individuals making over eighty or couples making over like one hundred and sixty. Um, but you know, we have a client in the West Village who makes forty five thousand, but her grandmother just left her six hundred thousand in inheritance. Right. So I don't you know, I don't like to say like you must be making X dollars to qualify as a Henry. Because, you know, as long as you're you have your shit together for the most part, and if you don't have your shit together, we have a different plan. It's like a baby mini mini financial plan that we do with you to get you on track for the staff plan. Okay. Um, but really everybody in their twenties and thirties who's Taking ass at work and want something to show for it, you're probably a Henry. I'm, I'm curious about this because you mentioned something and I, I read about it more and more, the mini sabbaticals. Do you have a lot, can you explain what that kind of is and do you have a lot of clients that want mini sabbaticals? So from my understanding, it's, and again, reading various people, people keep saying, you know, why are you sort of postponing living until you actually retire? Yeah. And, yeah. And so they'll do mini retirements while they'll take a year off. But I'll let you sort of expand on that if you can. Um, yeah, I mean, everything from like I touched on earlier, like our generation doesn't like to compromise. So as soon as we can get them on track for everything that they want, the less they will have to compromise in their life today. Our whole goal is to set the stash plan up so that everything that you want to be doing at different various points in time is organized, planned for in an automated fashion. That way, whatever's left over is your money to use and enjoy guilt free. The sabbatical concept is definitely one that comes up and people want to plan for, um, you know, we have every we have clients who are like, you know, in three years, I my husband and I want to take off three months or six months. We have a client who's actually leaving for her six month sabbatical. Her and her husband, they've been killing it in their jobs. They've been diligent about putting the money aside, and now they're they they have this cash to go just travel the world for six months, and that's awesome because, quite frankly, you know, it's kind of a little morbid to talk about, but we we like to say that we we like to optimize your situation. You know, our generation is super competitive. We're like, when we show them, we show them their stash plan when they're going to be a millionaire. And um, that's part of the first meeting. 
And clients get super excited. They're like, oh my God, that's if I save this much? What if I save this much more? And we don't like that because you're not trying to maximize your situation. You're trying to optimize your situation because quite frankly, as morbid as it sounds, the future is not really guaranteed. And you know, I, I hate talking about it, but it is true. I'm with you. Why save $2 million if you're going to die, you know, uh, 10 years from now and you're not going to be able to actually enjoy it. And that, and I guess yeah. get hit by a bus and not to joke about it, but like you could. And so if you're not, as soon as you figure out, your life and are organized in this, in this way that we, that we, you know, help people do, you can start enjoying your life and not feel guilty about spending $70 to go to a double back-to-back soul cycle class or enjoying a happy hour or taking a great vacation every couple months and all the stuff that you, you should live your life today. Like you're retired. You should totally do that. So that kind of takes me to, um, and it's interesting that, that you mentioned that because a lot of the, um, a lot of the authors that, that I previously read, David Bach, a bunch of these guys talk about, you know, not buying a latte, which I think is the dumbest advice in the world. So if you, if you forego buying a latte, you make, you know, every single day for the rest of your life, you're going to make a million dollars. He bases that on, I think, 12% um, average growth, uh, compounded growth every single year, which is absolutely absurd. But <laughs> can you talk to me about actual, what are the common, I guess, types of money mistakes that you see, or is it more of a money ignorance that you see more than anything else? Because I, I personally see a lot of people that are ignorant about it versus someone that's just going out and spending $20,000 at, you know, Bergdorf or something along those lines. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Um, clients come to us and they're like, I don't want to end up like my parents. That's something we hear a lot. And hmm. they, they're they worried that they, they've adopted their bad, parents' bad money habits or, or the, the education is not there. In fact, one of the biggest, um, we do uh, events for companies around the city um, and our most popular event is called The Last Class You Should Have Taken in School. Okay. And um, one of the, it's like adulting 101, basically. I mean, that's, that's the whole premise. Um, and you're right. It's not so much that people are making bad choices. It's just that they don't necessarily know how to, they want good information, they want the education, and then they want to apply it. But it's kind of like dieting. If you leave it up to yourself, you're not, eh. That's why we don't like budgeting. You know, and then the whole latte thing, it's like, don't put yourself on a, you only have $300 to spend on dining this month. Like, what happens if friends come into town? Like, what happens? Like, life just doesn't, it can't work that way. Budgeting does not work. We do something with our clients called the reverse budget, which doesn't sound <laughs> much sexier, but it actually works. So it is a lot sexier. And the idea is guilt-free spending. So we are, I guess the tagline for the reverse budget is save first, blow the rest. And that's a pretty good just take away in and of itself. I think when people hear that, they're like, oh, okay, got it. You know, it kind of touches on the whole pay yourself first concept that I guess like Bach and a lot of those other people talk about, uh, talk about but um, yeah, actually putting it to place is a whole different thing. Um, and it sounds like you, you, the more and more I'm listening to this, it sounds like you guys implement systems, which is somewhat different than implementing goals. So the system is, you know, if you put X number of dollars aside per month, you can reach this level and you can also spend the rest of the money that's actually there or do with it however you see fit, actually live your life, right? Yeah. Okay. Exactly. That's totally it. Um, there is, you know, and, and to be honest, I, I've tried Betterment and Wealthfront. Um, I want you to sort of talk about that because a lot of our generation, a lot of millennials, as you mentioned, don't trust Wall Street. They don't trust these big boy firms. They, you know, don't understand why you have to pay any fees whatsoever. What do Betterment and Wealthfront do to a certain extent? And also, why do you differ from that? Why do you think there's value added in terms of what you do versus what they do? 
Yeah. Uh, well, we well, first of all, it's so this is like a tougher question. I, I like what Thank they're you. doing because um, they're raising awareness for something that we think is super important. Like traditionally, people in our generation are like, oh, I don't need to worry about planning with my like planning my money or a wealth. I don't need a wealth manager. I don't need that. Um, I don't have wealth. But like the quickest way to get wealth is to actually work with a wealth manager. Um, but but anyhow, um, so anyway, I like that those companies are are handholding and raising awareness. Um, sorry, not handholding, but raising awareness and, and making it more accessible. So that's awesome. Um, what they're not doing is the handholding and, um, you know, when I have a husband and wife sitting in front of me and one of them's like, Hey, I want to do this. And the other one's like, no, you can't, that would blow our budget. They use that word budget. Um, it's up to us to come in and help mediate. A lot of our, our job is like psychology and therapy, I think. And that level of handholding, it's kind of old school and new school mesh. That's what Stash Wealth was meant to be. We're trying to take like the high level of customer service that, that Wall Street offers, um, to their like 10 million and up plus, uh, 10 million and plus clients, um, and, and bring it to our generation and allow them to feel like they have a real person to talk to, not a call center. Um, so for people who want more handholding and more education, um, that's where you come to Stash Well. Like a lot of our clients are like, those companies, and we, we do get clients from them, not going to lie, um, LearnVest, Wealthfront, Betterment. We've gotten clients from all of them, actually. Um, just feel like they want... They want to understand. Like they, our generation, we're we're cool with knowing. I mean, we love Google. We we're resourceful. We want to know. We want to have the tools to make smart decisions. And I don't always think that those companies give them the empowerment to make great choices. Okay. It's um, a do it for you, you kind of model. Well, because a lot of these things have to, I mean, at least in my experience and, you know, getting married recently, a lot of these things have to do with sitting down with a third party and saying, okay, this is what we both, well, this is what I want, this is what you want. How do we get there? And the third party says, this is how you should probably get there, right? I know I had a husband and wife the other day and the husband was like, what would you tell a couple if what, if they, they thought that they wanted to, if one spouse wanted to plan for care for parents, but it would jeopardize their own retirement. You could totally tell that they had had this conversation <laughs> and, you know, so. And the not- robo, right. And the robo advisor like Betterman the Welfare is not going to be able to have that conversation. <laughs> they don't do that, right? Right. So that's how someone like you sort of comes in um, into the mix and actually walks these people off it's the line. It's a sensitive way. Like yes. We, we get it. We, 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 there's nothing we haven't seen. Um, so and the, the other thing, I'm sure there's actually nothing you guys haven't seen. I, I would, those conversations must be um, pretty crazy sometimes. Um, there's a lot of talk about, and I, I hate using the word millennials. I absolutely hate it. But there's a lot of talk about millennials not saving enough. Um, I don't see that personally. Uh, I think that, you know, to, to put them all into this sort of box is kind of crazy. But frankly, I see a lot of people that actually value not to be cliche, value experiences over things. Um, can you talk about you know what you see from your clients that are millennials? Are they just blowing cash, or are they not saving enough? Are they you know who are they? Because I think that there's a huge misconception about who this generation is. Yeah, I, we don't see that. We don't. Um, and I kind of touched on on it earlier. I think our clients are super cognizant of the fact that they, they don't, they want to be smart about their money and they want to be diligent and they want the tools. Um, 
and a system like people will say, I want a better savings system. And they want these, they, they want to be smart with their money and make savvy decisions. We really, maybe it's just our brand attracts those types of people, but we really don't encounter the people who are just blowing it. We encounter people who don't quite understand the value, how to use a credit card properly. I think that's something our generation that we see a lot is that they don't, they don't understand how to use a credit card. Um, that's something that we see pretty often, and then we obviously talk about that and educate around it. But um, no, our clients aren't just like blowing cash until they work with us because then they can. <laughs> very nice, very nice, very nice. Um, another, I got one final question for you. I'm obsessed with books. I love reading books. I'm a voracious reader. I think there's nothing you can do to, to help you more than just sitting down and reading nonstop. Can you recommend, I don't know, some books that you like on personal finance that have helped you that you think would help people? I mean, does our generation really even read books or do we read blogs? I read books. I hate yeah, blogs. I'm like, I don't know if I'm the outlier. I read books nonstop, nonstop. I think they're the best things in the world. I can't read blogs anymore. I, my own. <laughs> I feel like our generation wants like the micro book, like the micro blog, like oh, mini snackable content. <laughs> fine, fine. Give me some blogs that you like that I can recommend to, uh, to my readers that, that would actually make sense for them. I think Refinery29, of course, I write for them. So I think right. they, uh, no, <laughs> <laughs> but they are, they're doing an awesome job. Um, uh, I'm so, I'm so happy that, that we partner with them because they're so, uh, they're so invested in providing no bullshit. Like my main editor there, she's, she's all about like, don't sugarcoat it. Just tell us what we need. Like, and I love that. Um, there's another company out there called um, Invibed and they're sort of, marketed as like the CNBC um, for millennials. I don't really think our, our, our demographic goes to CNBC, but they're trying to provide like life. Another thing about like financial content that, that actually works, don't try to go read about what a Roth IRA is. Read about it in context of, of your life. Like I love when, when we do things like, you know, top 10 saving tips for people who are planning a wedding or the five things you need to think about before having a baby because that's so applicable and you can actually take that. And so, yeah, I guess, I don't really have books to recommend. I know you like Millionaire Next Door, and I like Millionaire Next Door too because it's it's smart advice, and it's kind of like don't think people who, um, kind of the keeping up with the Joneses thing, I guess, like the people who are spent. There's a difference between rich and wealthy. Um, people who are rich kind of look like, you know, but their bank account is underwater. But people who are wealthy are actually can sustain that lifestyle that they portray. Right, um, right. So... Yeah, I don't know what I'm saying. So Refinery29, going back to this. Going Refinery29, back to this. Invibed, um, uh, Pure Wow, Bustle. Fine, they can start there. And I'm telling you right now, books are so much better than everything that you're saying right now, but fine, we're going to leave it at that. Millionaire Next Door is totally fine. Um, let them check out your blogs. And then lastly, how do people find you? Stashwealth.com. Is that a website? Yeah, okay. <laughs> that's the website, heystashwealth.com, Priya, P-R-I-Y-A. People, yeah, people, I get Priya a lot, so I feel like I can spell it out for you, but uh, what else? Um, yeah, we're on that's Facebook, it. Twitter. The whole thing. The whole thing. Priya, thank you so, so much uh, for spending a couple minutes educating us today on personal finance and um, what we can actually do to live a life that doesn't start at the age of 65 when we have to take money out of our IRAs. 
Totally. So much fun. Thanks, Daniel. Thanks, Priya. Take care. Bye.